0: Hey, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan, and we are back with another review. We're continuing on with our best of 2018 movies. Uh, Terry picked Annihilation, first one, me and Fox picked Hereditary, and now Dan has selected Avengers Infinity War. How could I not? The big movie. The blockbuster of last year. The ultimate crossover, they said.
1: Mm -hmm. The
2: biggest event of the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it was. I think this movie probably made a lot of money. Uh, I don't know exactly how much, but uh, Avengers Infinity War is directed by um, Anthony and Joe Russo. Russo brothers who did uh, Captain America Civil War and then the Winter Soldier, right? They did both those two? Yep. All right, so they've been doing this for a while. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 85% guaranteed fresh critic score, 91% audience score, a 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 68 meta score. And that puts it at number 59 on the top 250 of IMDb. Whoa, really? Yeah, people like this movie. I guess you already guessed, Dan probably likes it quite a bit, too. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist.
3: Big surprise there.
0: I don't even know if we need to do a synopsis for this movie, if you haven't seen any of the other Marvel movies, you won't know what's going on. But this big purple guy's coming to get some stones, and his name's Thanos. All right, I guess, what do you guys think of this movie?
2: Well, like you said, yeah, I don't know how anybody would watch this movie and know anything of what's going on if they don't know like about any of these Marvel movies. It's like they jump you right in and kind of just assume that you know all these characters and what they're doing, what their relationships are. And they're just like, here they are. Good luck. Does
0: anybody have a count on how many Marvel movies built up to this one? Like they've been building up to fighting Thanos since the original Iron Man movie released. I think 18. That's a lot of movies. The uh, original Iron Man movie released in 2008. So they've been definitely taking their time to build up to this movie.
2: And I guess I kind of like it that they just, you know, assume that everybody's going to know what's what's going on and what's uh, what all these characters are doing, because if they had to take time to kind of refresh everybody, then this movie would be like 30 minutes longer. That'd be pretty crazy.
1: They did put a lot of faith in the audience in this one to know what's going on. I'm, I appreciated that. I did not need 30 minutes of intro and explanation.
2: Well, they do
3: the same thing in Age of Ultron, too. They don't really reintroduce any of the reoccurring cast and that. So they'd already set the precedent.
2: Yeah. And Civil War didn't do that either. And that was the other big team up. Marvel is pretty much like Avengers 2.5. Yeah. (laughs) I just kind of really like the vibe of this movie. Like it's, it feels to me like when I read comics, this is like the comic book movie. All these characters coming together. This is like the big event that happens like every year with Marvel where every comic has to tie in and everybody's there and they all have a part to play. This really feels like that where (laughs) there's so many like divergent storylines that are all working together. It's really cool. I like it. It feels so authentic to a big team up event from the comics.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty impressive how many major characters they were able to get into this movie. I mean, they obviously left a couple debatably minor characters out, but they got all (laughs) the high points and that in itself is an achievement,
2: I think. Yeah, and without bogging it down, which is nice. Yeah. Because that's kind of the problem with Age of Ultron, I thought, was all these characters and Some of them don't really do anything, and they all have these weird plot lines that don't lead anywhere. Like Thor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in it for like 30 seconds. (laughs)
1: Ugh. Age of Ultron. I felt like that one was just how many one-liners can we shove into a 30-second period?
2: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, this one's more, yeah, they they split them off into groups, and each group has a specific goal that they need to accomplish.
3: Well, they were genius in how they handled it because the main bad guy Thanos is the main character of the film. So by making him the main character and focusing on his motivations and why he's doing what he's doing it's just it's ge- a genius way to handle such a huge cast of well-established characters you already know everything about them so they can be delegated off as side characters and go on all their side quests essentially whereas the main focus is learning about thanos seeing what he's capable of doing and learning why because that was my biggest thing and one of my biggest worries going into this was how are they going to balance All of these characters, because Joss Whedon couldn't do it with Age of Ultron, and he didn't even have half as many characters that are in this movie. But they just, they pulled it off perfectly, and I think that's a testament to how good the Russo brothers are at directing these Marvel films.
2: I haven't think there's been a Marvel movie with this good of a villain in a while. (laughs) Usually their villains are kind of lackluster.
0: They did a really good job with Thanos because he feels like an actual character. My biggest criticism of all these Marvel movies is that their villain is usually Pud. They all have the same goal. They don't get much screen time. They're just there as kind of an annoyance for the character, you know. But this one, they actually really did good with Thanos. So I was glad to see some superheroes get their butts kicked for once in a superhero movie.
3: No joke. And I mean, they set him up as a credible threat, like in the first five minutes of the film, just by having him fistfight Hulk and just destroy Hulk. That was a genius way to make the audience go, holy crap, this guy's someone to be reckoned with.
1: I mean, what do you even do with a guy who can just annihilate the Hulk? I mean, and his uh, buddy there with the big head is like, no, no, let him have his fun. Like, this is just like an exercise for this dude. He's not even trying.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was such a good scene. Great way to set him up because... I think he does a similar thing in the comics where he beats up the Silver Surfer and Silver Surfer gets sent back to Doctor Strange and it's like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah,
3: no joke. (laughs) Well,
0: I like that, you know, Thanos had actual emotions too, because you could tell that what he was doing was affecting him, but he was so honed in on his goal on what he needed to do. And he felt that it was his personal mission to do it and nobody else would do it. I really like that. You can't really relate to this guy because he wants to destroy half the universe but you can see his emotions and what he's going through while he's doing this
3: can't relate to him but you understand why he does it yeah
0: he's not just doing it to do it you know
3: that's how you write good villains and it is something that had been missing up until black panther and then infinity war Vulture was pretty
2: good. I liked the Vulture a lot. Yeah,
3: that's true. He was good too. I forgot about him. There's too many movies to keep track.
2: <laughs> Just in all the other
0: Marvel movies, it's like you know that the hero's gonna defeat the villain. You know, at the end, so you don't see them as a threat because you know. That the hero's gonna win.
2: True. I mean, you could say that about any movie. Oh, the protagonist is probably gonna beat the bad guy, you know? Yeah, but uh, it's like in superhero movies, they try and set
0: up, like Dan was saying, them as a credible threat. But it doesn't work until
2: Thanos. I don't think. For the most part, I would disagree about it. I mean, some of them I think are pretty credible. I mean, they're not like world enders.
1: I mean, anytime you have like a pre-existing story, I mean, people who have read the story are gonna know.
2: Like Loki, I think's pretty cool. Winter Soldier, I thought was a good villain. Oh yeah, he was good too. You know, the vulture, like they're not just like world ending, but they're credible threats to like the characters. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I've just
0: always kind of not really like the marvel villains so much in the movies just because you know that they're going to lose. That's why I like Thanos so much cuz he shows
2: up and he actually kicks butt. <laughs> yeah, and
3: he, and he wins. <laughs> True.
2: Yeah. He, I mean, he does break the formula, but then again, that would be breaking the formula for any traditional story. It's very Empire Strikes Back.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. The like the best sequel ever made, by the way.
2: It follows the
3: story beats that Empire strikes back has where it's it's the dark chapter of the saga i guess where the bad guys win and the heroes are left to just <laughs> pick up the pieces from the devastation essentially which is nice because all the marvel movies previously and what they were rightly criticized a lot for was all their movies are just the joke around i think this part mike why you don't really see all the other villains as a credible threat because the tone of the movie isn't made to set them up that way. It's made to be a fun adventure type of story. Whereas this one, yeah, it's it's funny. I'd argue it's the funniest next to Thor Ragnarok out of all the movies, but it's not a happy-go-lucky fun adventure film either it still gets serious when it needs to be serious and gets dark when it needs to get dark and the tone doesn't really clash which was something they pulled off pretty well, too. You know, I think for me, uh,
1: you, you know me, I, I, I enjoy a character who is an avatar or a paragon of some kind of concept or emotion, because I feel like, um, you know, like in Ragnarok, Hela comes in and just wrecks all the Asgardians, but her only goal is just conquest and being murder chaos for the sake of murder and chaos, like every other villain. What I really enjoy about Thanos is that, I mean, he is the avatar, the paragon of tenacity and perseverance of ultimate willpower and that's really sells him for me i think
3: and he's not like you said with hella she's out just to get revenge and kill all the asgardians that's not what thanos is out to do he doesn't kill anyone that he doesn't have to he lets a lot of people live who aren't necessarily in his way or don't pose a credible threat to keeping him from achieving his goal. He lets a lot of people live who he could have easily just killed, even with one Infinity Stone. That gives him a lot more depth, too, as a character.
2: Because he could have killed the Guardians when they went to ambush him when he tried to get the Reality Stone. He could have... Could have killed all the
1: Avengers at the end of the movie, I mean. <laughs> yeah.
2: So
0: I will say, I think it's really unique experience watching this movie for the first time. Are we going to get into the spoilers? yeah i think so (laughs) spoilers the the snap like i knew the snap was gonna happen i didn't think it was gonna happen in this movie i didn't know when it was until the end there and then when it did happen the movie gets this tone you know when thanos shows up to earth and i really like that tone moving on because like the whole theater when we saw this in the theater was dead silent because you're sitting there watching it. <laughs> all these heroes, characters who you never thought were going to die, turn into dust. And that's a really cool tone and emotion that this movie evokes really well.
3: It's great for both non-comic book fans and comic book fans because I think all of us here, we love comics and we have read this particular story multiple times, so we knew what was going to happen. But going in, at least for me, I didn't really think that Disney, since they own Marvel, would let them go as dark as they did and actually let them kill off the heroes like it happened in the comics. So I was going in just like expecting, oh, they're going to kill off maybe two or three people but nope they they did it they <laughs> killed off half of the crew and everything a pretty big number yeah and then for even for people who haven't read the comics they go in and they're probably just expecting it to be like all the other Marvel movies and then they <laughs> they see their favorite heroes just get turned into ash
1: you know I have to ask some people who weren't aware the snap was coming what they thought of it I mean even knowing it was coming, And even the second time through, even still, it was pretty powerful to to watch. So, yeah, I'd be curious to know about somebody who wasn't familiar with the story, how they felt watching that.
3: Yeah, I'd like to know that, too, because that is, it's super powerful. Because like like you said, the tone just changes as soon as he gets the last stone like all the uh animal life quits making noise and like the winds pick up on earth and then everybody even the audience knows instantly that something isn't right.
2: Well, he didn't have all the stones at that point, I don't think.
3: Oh, it, yeah, you're right. He had to get the one out of vision. He basically had them all.
2: <laughs> at that point he was you knew he was trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, they thought they'd won for just like a split second there, you know. They they break the stone and they're like, "We got it finally and then he's like no 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 sorry guys uh yeah (laughs) let me just rewind time real quick Uh
2: (laughs) i can respect what you've done here but uh let me just let me just let's take it back a step real quick That was great too, because you get the feeling
3: that Thanos actually does feel sorry for Scarlet Witch and Vision when he asks to
2: rewind time to do it again. Yeah, I think he's got some really cool like interactions when the heroes are forced to make these sacrifices. Like when he has Gamora and Peter or Star Lord's about to shoot her in the head and would have made that ultimate sacrifice if he could have, and Thanos is like, "Wow, these guys mean it. Like this is." They'll stop me if they can. Just there in
0: the last 30 minutes, the tone of the movie changes so much because, you know, Thor gets the the Thanos killing weapon. He shows up on Earth and changes the tide of the battle, you know, and then it goes super dark. Man, I don't want to detract too much from this awesome
1: Thanos talk, but Thor getting that like axe hammer is like probably my favorite part of this movie.
2: I would say that's my least favorite part about that. How come? I just wasn't as exciting to me. I mean, I was more enthralled with how, like, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange's interactions were going with, like, the Guardians there with them, Spider-Man. I thought that they all had an interesting cohesion. The battle on Earth was, like, so awesome. I just kind of wish they would have stuck around for that. And then there's, yeah, Thor just restarting a star, which, I mean, just is probably not the best way to put it. (laughs) I don't know. There's, like, so much more interesting, like, character dynamics going on with these other people. And with Thor, yeah, it's just him and Groot and Rocket Raccoon which they have their moments, but not nearly as many as everybody else.
1: I feel like, you know, we've had three Thor films, but in all of these films, Thor just to me kind of feels like a superhero. He's just another Avenger, essentially, in my opinion. But then we get him out here to this forge and they're like, man, you got to go hold that thing open. You got to go take the brunt of that star. And I feel like at that moment, Thor is like truly the god of thunder. And I don't know. I thought it was awesome.
2: I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This like a trial of God would have to do. Like it yeah, sounds like I mean, an old <laughs> myth. Then Thor went into the heart of the sun and... Hit the forge and it reignited. I don't know. I I just love that moment. I think it's so cool. I don't think they really embraced the whole, like, how powerful Thor could be until, like, Ragnarok in this one. Because in the first two, you can tell he's strong, but I never felt like he was that strong and then yeah in Ragnarok and this you're like oh man like he is a god like he's as strong as he is in the comics for once yeah which is kind of cool
3: one criticism a lot of people had for Thor in this one was well he gets so strong in Ragnarok and then the whole point of that movie is you're not the god of hammers you're the god of thunder and then in this movie he just goes right back to getting a stormbreaker or stormbringer whatever it is I I don't know I get that criticism, but at the the same time, when he hears about Thanos and all the Infinity Stones he's already got, he's like, all right, I actually need something strong enough to combat the Infinity Stones. He basically just says that straight up in the movie. So for me, it kind of justifies him having to go get or go forge his new weapon. And then when he does get to Earth, yeah, he just destroys everything single-handedly And his axe is stronger than the Infinity Gauntlet because he chucks it at Thanos and <laughs> stabs him in the heart with it, which I, I don't know about you guys, but when he just shows up and chucks the thing and Thanos is trying to block it with the gauntlet and it just powers through and hits him. I was so hype. I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty
2: cool. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about that arc. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I feel like it's Iron Man syndrome where Iron Man's gone through this arc of like, I don't need the suit. The suit's not me. And then like every movie after he still has the suits. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm still going to be Iron Man, I guess. Yeah, maybe like he learned that being just using it without the hammer wasn't enough before this like movie even started because like we missed the whole fight between him and everybody. So I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's right. He did fight him once before. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we missed that because it starts after Thanos has already beat Thor down and stuff. So
0: yeah, I like Thor a lot in this one. I think he's pretty cool. So that was one of my highlights I think of this movie was seeing Thor get super strong with that axe because when he shows up to earth and just lays waste that's pretty freaking cool I think.
2: Yeah such a good entrance and I'm kind of glad they toned him down a little bit like Ragnarok was funny but he was a little too goofy for me and this one he's still pretty goofy but like not as goofy he's a lot more serious about it I think which I like.
1: I mean like his whole family is dead now and half of his like civilization is dead
3: he's finally had time to reflect on everything that's happened and all the events from ragnarok because this one takes place directly after thor ragnarok so he really didn't get any of that breathing room until he the guardians saved him or whatever so it makes sense that he would be toned down a lot for this movie and coincidentally it works for the tone of the film too they did a really good job planning out all of the characters for this one, especially like Thor and the Guardians, just planning out who they're going to team up with too. Just so much thought and care and love for all the characters and comics was put into this movie, well, into to all the 18 other films previously, that it's, it's really cool just seeing it all culminate and actually seen a film that didn't disappoint me for once, a big summer blockbuster that's been built up for 10 years, and they finally get to it, and it's as good as what I wanted it to be, so...
0: Like, they've been planning Infinity War for 10 years, pretty much, and they had to fit all of these other movies into the right puzzle pieces but they knew their end goal and they planned out what the characters were going to be at at that stage like with the new star wars movies they didn't plan that out they just rushed into making them nobody knew what the story was going to be moving on and look at like the last jedi which is probably the most decisive <laughs> star wars movie ever you know
3: i think Marvel had an edge on, well, everyone except DC because they come from the background of launching all these different comic books and then doing crossover events like this every year. So they they have a leg up on the competition, especially on Star Wars competition, because <laughs> they're used to doing things like that. And they're used to taking... The time needed to get all the characters developed and get the fan bases with them before putting them into a movie like this.
0: So we've talked up this movie quite a bit. I I do have a little bit of a problem with some stuff in it. Like it's not huge, and I want to see what you guys think about it. I do think this movie is a little too long. Really? Yeah, I think probably about fifteen minutes. Could maybe be cut because some of the interactions and jokes with the characters, mainly with the Guardians, I think, seem to drag out a little too much. And I think it takes them a little too long to get to the stuff that happens at the end that I really like. I think the first time I was kind of sitting there and just like, are they going to get busy? Are they going to go do some stuff? Because there's a big chunk after, I think, New York to where it's a bunch of people just kind of walking around and talking and they're getting in the right places for the end of the movie. And I think they took a little too much time
3: there. What would you cut out? I think they could
0: cut out some of the interactions with the Guardians. Like, it's funny, but I don't know. I'd really have to sit down and watch it again to say, hmm, I think this could
2: get cut. I think I kind of agree with you a little bit. Like I was saying earlier, I think the Guardians, when they're hanging out with Thor, it kind of feels like it drags. Like once after they meet Thor, it's like, OK, let's just get let's get to Thanos's planet. Let's get the action rolling a little bit, because, yeah, everybody else's interactions feel kind of cool with. like Yeah, like I really love Tony Stark and Doctor Strange, you know, with their weird alpha male rivalry going on. And with they kind of do the same thing with Star Lord and Thor, but it doesn't. I mean, it's funny, but it doesn't. it doesn't add a lot. You know, it kind of stalls.
1: Now, I, I kind of like the Star-Lord Thor rivalry. I, uh, I think that kind of helps set Star-Lord up as the arrogant jackass he turns out to be. You know, he's got this whole small man syndrome going on. He feels super inadequate. You know, he's just willing to do whatever it takes to make him the spotlight guy. So I kind of like that. I will say.
2: Yeah, I like their interactions, but yeah, I do feel like it slows down a little bit there. I could go
1: without a lot of the Drax and Mantis humor that occurs.
2: Was there that much of it?
3: I didn't think there was.
1: I don't know. There was that whole... I'm invisible scene. I could have gone without that. That
3: wasn't very long though. (laughs) It
1: was like a minute scene that I feel like I could have just, we could have watched in the deleted scenes like on the DVD later. (laughs) How dare you? It's
3: one of my
2: favorite scenes. It's so funny. Drax is not my favorite.
3: It adds some levity to that. Pretty intense conversation though between Star Lord and Gamora.
2: I don't
1: I don't always need levity in these Marvel movies, I guess. I feel like we get a lot of that and I, I don't know. I it could be serious for once and I'd be okay with that.
2: Well, if anything, this movie does get serious. It does. I can appreciate it in this one. Yeah, it well it just kinda concerns me a
0: bit because they released the runtime for the next one, uh, Avengers Endgame. And it's like what, three? and a half hours long or something.
3: Really? Yeah. See, I am the complete opposite of you guys. I wanted this movie to be longer. I didn't want it to be over when it was over. I look at it, and I can't really think of anything I would want to cut. You guys mentioned a lot of the Star-Lord and Thor interactions, but there's a lot of good character development for Thor and Star-Lord and all those moments. Like, Fox was saying, it sets up Star-Lord's small man syndrome, and then you get the Thor real all the stuff that's happening to him and then Rocket having to kind of be the actual captain since he's always talking about wanting to be the captain. You have him actually have to assume those duties for once. It's like even in their goofy interactions, they're building their characters still. That's to me why I wouldn't want to cut any of them.
0: There's nothing that just kind of stands out to me that needs to be cut completely. I just think there's a lot of stuff that could have been tightened up. I mean, when you have this many characters and each one of them has to get screen time, each one of them has to get a line in or something, you know, you're you're going to have some of that. So I just looked up Avengers Endgame
2: uh currently the runtime they have for it is three hours long. Nice. I'm okay with that, I think. That's fine with me. I mean, I don't feel the length of this movie like at all. Like when I watch it, like it goes by pretty quick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Iron Man 3 seems so much longer than this movie. Oh, yes, it
2: does.
0: <laughs> I guess my main gripe is like the first act feels super solid and the final act feels super solid. It's just In the second act, I feel like some of the scenes could have been tightened up, shortened down, maybe cut a probably 10 minutes out of this to keep it, you know, kind of more going, I think.
2: I think it slows down. Yeah, but I would have a hard time thinking of anything I would get rid of, too. It's kind of like. Well, we kind of need this stuff to set up the epic finale and get everybody where they need to go. And it's like kind of impressive that they managed to even do that and keep a semi-decent brisk pace. Like it feels slow, but in truth, like they do move pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: I guess when I compare it to the first and final act It feels more loose in the middle, like loose filmmaking and storytelling.
3: I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Because it goes from a breakneck pace from the start of the movie till Iron Man and Spider-Man get on the big ring that's taken off of Earth. And then it really picks up once the battle starts again on Earth. So I get where you're coming from on that.
2: Yeah. And like in some ways, I can see what you're saying. And in other ways, I do wish other characters got more moments because... There are so many and some of them don't really get much like development, especially. So the one character I think that they needed to give a little more focus to is Vision and Scarlet Witch because he actually has a stone in his mind. They don't really do anything with him except for Vision gets beat up for like the whole movie. Yeah, he doesn't get to do anything. He's like the only one who doesn't even get like a moment of something cool, which in Civil War, I was like, man, this guy's actually kind of cool. He's tough. He's a real threat if he's against you. But in this one, I felt like he was... The weakest of them all just getting his butt whooped the whole time. Yeah, that was actually one of the
3: criticisms I was going to bring up was he's not really a gimmick, but they stab him in the beginning of the film. And that essentially just takes away all his powers. And I feel like, yeah, they did that. That way they could focus more on the other characters and make it easier to get the stone from him. I guess, even though by that point, Thanos... Had all he needed to just rip it out, anyways. So, yeah, I agree with you. They could have used more character development between those two. What they had was sufficient, but yeah, like he didn't get as much thought put into him as the rest of the cast.
2: Well, like watching Civil War, like he would have been one of the biggest threats against. Thanos. Like, he's the one of the only people actually willing to use these stones. Doctor Strange doesn't use his stone to actually fight Thanos. Vision, like, it would have been cool to see him, like, do something sweet with, like, his stone, being like, oh, this is an Infinity Stone, maybe I can tap into it or something, you know, do something cool, but, I mean, he shoots laser beams, but never actually does anything except for blow up, like, a block.
1: I wonder if they were trying to suggest that Vision, like, feels bad about what happened in Civil War and that he, like, wounded one of the Avengers, like, paralyzed a guy, and maybe he feels, like, you know, if he goes all out, he'll be hurting, you know, a human or something. And that's why he kind of holds back and is getting beat up on a whole bunch in this one. That's a good idea.
2: I just, you know, that'd be a really cool arc to give him too, but they don't really give him anything, I feel like.
1: That's true. They never really talk about it, if that is the case.
3: Yeah, they should have talked about it. I think him and Scarlet Witch going off and hiding kind of lends itself to your theory, Fox, just because they're removed from the rest of the group. Uh, One of my main criticisms for this film is the power levels of all the characters are very inconsistent in this one, I feel like, especially with Thanos. Because when he gets the reality stone, he could just pretty much turn everybody in the stones or whatever he wanted to do, but he never does it. And then a lot of the other characters, it's like their power levels seem pretty inconsistent. You can argue that for Thor too, since you saw how strong he was at the end of Ragnarok and then he doesn't really do anything. Thing until he gets his hammer group doesn't do too much in this one it's just very inconsistent with like what we've seen them do in the past and then what they're able to do but just choose not to i was I wondered what you guys think of that criticism you think they're just doing it because it's not enough money for special effects or it's just too hard to keep track of what every one can do. Scarlet Witch is a good example of it, because she's arguably the strongest of all the Avengers, but all she ever does is use telekinesis.
1: Seems kind of ambiguous what exactly all she can do... And it seems like she's pretty much as strong as she needs to be or as weak as she needs to be.
2: They don't ever explain her powers like at all. I don't think in the entire series. She's just kind of like, what does she actually do? Like, what all can she do? She can warp reality as she sees fit, basically. In the comics, at least. Yeah, in this, they don't. I think they say she's weird in the Age of Ultron. They say something like she does weird stuff. Like he's like, this guy's fast and she's weird or something like that. And then, yeah.
1: Well, I guess that explains that. She's weird. (laughs) Oh, Okay, The weird powers. Right, right. Weird with a Y,
0: right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when you're dealing with superheroes like this, I think their powers really depend on what they need for the story. So I think that's why everybody seems so inconsistent. But yeah, it's like, you know, if Thanos can just do this stuff, why doesn't he do it all the time? Um, It's kind of like when you're playing a fighting game against a friend and you find out the cheap move. You just (laughs) spam it over and over. But Thanos doesn't do that, you know? So it's it's just what they have to do for the story. And when you get this many superheroes in there, you, you have to tone down or bring some guys up just for the story. Remember
1: after we uh, after we saw it we kind of talked about Thanos and his inconsistencies in one of our thoughts was that, you know, he's got to be able to A, like think of how he wants to use the stones and in what combination and then B, close his fist to make it happen. So he's got to think like, I want to turn this guy and this guy and this guy into bricks and I got to close my fist. So I think that was kind of our reasoning for like why he doesn't just do everybody into bricks instantly all the time. Yeah,
2: could be. Or he could just close his fist and be like, I want everybody to be bricks. No, that's fair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He could just do
2: that. (laughs) When you have like infinity stones that give you like almost godlike powers is kind of hard. it would be very fun to watch Thanos just turn everybody into stone and be like, I win and leave.
3: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It it seemed like they did a better job of it in the comics. And I completely get you can't have a direct adaptation. You've got to make changes for the the screen and everything to make it work correctly because it's a different medium. What are you guys' opinions on the whole Star-Lord thing cuz I know that's had a lot of criticism for this movie.
1: You know, the first time through, I was like, that was kind of dumb, but the second time through watching him like interact and feel super small compared to like Thor, I think it makes a little more sense, you know? He's really
0: just kind of an arrogant, selfish bastard in the end. I think after watching Guardians 2, which I didn't really like, I think translating his character from that one to this
2: one, the way he evolved from that, I, I can see it. I mean, I understand his girlfriend died, but he, he planned out this whole plan and it was working so well. It just seems like a shame to, to ruin it. But I guess his own greatest weakness is himself.
3: I think that's the biggest flaw of this film is how they handled that moment. I agree with both you, Terry and Mike. I do think, It's forced a little bit, but I also do see the character motivations behind it, and I get why they chose him as the, (laughs) the one to actually snap Thanos out of it, essentially, but I think it's hard to make something like that work in the film because... Thanos has pretty much all the stones at that point and they still want to show the heroes of being able to accomplish something and not be at a total loss because that's coming later so it's kind of a hard thing to balance and get right I think they could have handled it a little better (laughs) I don't know how they could have handled it better I'd have to think about it a lot and come up probably with a new scenario and lose out on that awesome fight scene between all of them and Thanos. But I see both points. And I I don't know, it's something that, yeah, it it is forced, but I don't know, it didn't take away my enjoyment of the film.
1: I think Drax would have been a better choice and made more sense because numerous times we've seen him ruin plans because he just can't help his rage.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're right, Fox. They should have you, you did it. You figured it out. They should, have replaced, they should have swapped the roles, have Drax do it, and everybody would have bought it because he does the same thing in both Guardians movies and in Infinity War. I guess one more thing I wanted to bring up. A lot of criticism I've seen towards this film from a lot of film critics is how it doesn't stand on its own as a movie and that it requires having seen the rest of the movies prior to it to make it work. But they downgrade it because of that. So what do you guys think about that?
2: Technically, it's the 18th iteration of the series. I don't know, like, if you don't know the characters by now, I don't know why you're jumping in at this point. Yeah,
1: I don't know if that's when I could think of a way to do better. That's, that's, That's a tough one. Yeah, I think
0: that they're just being critics to be critics. For that, because I mean, anybody with the brain knows you don't watch the nineteenth movie in a series without watching at least the rest of them.
2: I mean, it's even like the third Avengers movie. Like, I wouldn't go watch the third like of any trilogy without watching the first two. Yeah, that's not a fair criticism for them to make. There,
3: I'm glad you guys agree because that's exactly what I thought too. It's like I'm not going to pick up the seventh book in a book series. And just start reading that and then criticize it because I don't know any of the character motivations or anything. I found it interesting because that's a criticism that got thrown around a lot at this movie. And yeah, that's an unfair criticism of it.
2: I can kinda see it their way too, because that's kind of a criticism of the Marvel universe in general, maybe even the DC. Like there's so much history and like it's hard to just jump in. You've gotta have some like background knowledge, which it makes it difficult for newcomers, but I don't know. Movies are so easy to access these days. I feel like you could just watch them and be fine.
3: This is a movie that is doing something that really hasn't been done before. I mean, we've had small crossovers like uh, the Godzilla movies, um, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. But this is like in its own category. It's something new. I remember driving... To the theater, I was telling my fiance uh, how excited I was because I was witnessing cinematic history in the making the day I went and saw it. So it's something that always rubbed me the wrong way when it came to criticism. I'd rather them actually talk about the Star Lord debacle or issues with the filmmaking or the script or the characters than criticize. Oh, we don't. They don't set up anything in this one. It, newcomers don't know anything.
2: I will say it's like one of the best looking Marvel movies too, I would say. I'd agree with that. Camera-wise, it, it looks amazing. Well, it was all shot with IMAX cameras, the entire film was, so. There's very diverse locations too, which and they all look really cool. I love all the wide shots that they
3: use for all the action and just everything in general. <laughs> it looks so much better, I think.
0: Yeah, I dig all the the sci-fi stuff in this movie
2: quite a bit.
1: For sure. It's yeah, pretty impressive sci-fi even outside of comic
2: books. It made me think of Star Wars a lot actually, <laughs> like with the music and the shots and stuff.
3: Yes. The music was pretty good in this one. It's not been like super memorable in the other films, but they did a good job with it this go around, I think.
0: All right. I guess let's let's jump into some overall presentation if you guys are ready.
2: Yes. So our scale is from lowest to highest. We've got burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. There it is. The grand and epic scale. (laughs)
0: Well, this is a really good movie. I had a lot of fun watching it the first time. And that ending is just super powerful. Like, that's the best thing I think, of this movie because, like I said, when it was finished, nobody was saying anything in the theater because everybody was just kind of in shock, I think. Like, oh my god, they just did that? And uh, when a movie can, you know, get that response, I think that's pretty cool. Thanos is an awesome villain. They did a great job with him. Movie looks good. I'm kind of like, I think, Fox, you're probably going to say this, like, with the Marvel movies, you're like, don't buy it unless you have all the other ones, you know, because <laughs> I don't own any of these movies. I don't like, well, I own Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I think that's the only Marvel movie <laughs> I own. Um, but this one is definitely a buy it. But yeah, it's kind of weird with these movies. Like you see them and then, I don't know, that's usually how it ends for me is I watch it once and I'm like, okay, but yeah. It was good. I like this movie, so... I guess that's a buy it. Sorry, in a roundabout way. <laughs> you know that,
1: Mike, Guardians is also the only Marvel movie I own as well. <laughs> nice. So. But yeah, this movie, I think, um, you know, and Dan said something earlier about it, you know, this this was kind of cinematic history. I mean, this was building kind of the culmination, and there's obviously one more film, but the culmination of a franchise that started when we were kids, and that in itself is so cool. I mean, it looks good for a Marvel movie, got really good characters, fight scenes, dialogue. It's a good movie all around. You know, we've thrown out some criticisms, but I don't think any of them really detracted with the exception of maybe the Star-Lord thing for my enjoyment of the movie. I I would agree, bad Mike, it's weird for me to say buy it if you're not going to buy all the other ones, but I, I like it a lot, so I, I will give it a
2: buy it. Yeah, I don't know what I can say that I haven't said before. This movie's awesome. Thanos is the best villain that Marvel's had in a long time. He's such a good threat. The cinematography is amazing. The characters are really cool, and the interactions that they have with each other, meeting up with other characters you wouldn't expect, I think that's a fun a fun way to go about it, dividing them into these weird teams. I do say that some of the teams don't feel as cool as others, but they still have some cool moments. I don't know what I would take away. Yeah, the music's actually pretty decent for once. Yeah, I'm going to give it a buy. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, I remember all the Marvel movies. I don't feel like I need to have all of them. This is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies, so the only one I own at the moment is Spider-Man. So I'd buy Infinity War. I don't think I need to own all of them to remember what happens in them. Kind of going off of that. Not all the Marvel movies
3: are even good movies, really. I mean, look at Iron Man 2 and 3, for example. Those suck. They're not very good movies, and I would hate to have to watch those again. But they've got a lot of really good movies and a lot of ones that aren't so great, too, just like any other franchise. So I don't think it's really realistic to want to buy all of them. For me, it's like a, a pick your favorites out of all the films. I have. I also own Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> and I own um Thor Ragnarok and this one. Those are the only 3 that I have. A lot of the other ones are on Netflix, so I haven't really thought to buy them. Regarding this one, pretty much this entire film was relying on Thanos being a good character and a good villain who could you actually believe could achieve his goal of killing off half the universe and basically stopping all these heroes who we've seen do incredible feats of heroism throughout the 18 previous films. It's pretty big shoes to fill, And they they pulled it off. They did it. (laughs) The first really good Marvel villain is also the strongest one and the one who kills off half of the cast and half of the universe. So they, they pulled it off. I think I've mentioned it before. I've started recently, in the last few years, judging movies a lot based on if they disappoint me or live up to the hype when I go and see them. This is probably the movie I was looking forward to most in 2018, and it succeeded in meeting my expectations, and then some. Like we said, the dialogue is great. The characters are great. They even develop the characters some more in this one, even though they're not the main focus, and Thanos is. They give them little character development moments, which help them out, and I wasn't really expecting out of this one. This is the only movie I've been in where once the credits roll, it's dead silent in the entire theater. And I mean, I saw this opening day in a packed IMAX. Nobody said anything, not even as they were leaving. I've never been to a movie where that's happened. Just the impact this had on me and so many other people, it's crazy. They really did create something special with this one that everybody should see and experience. Um, It's my favorite Marvel movie. I don't know how they're going to top it with the next Avengers film, but I'm eagerly awaiting to have my expectations blown away once more, hopefully. So I am going to give this
2: one a buy it. Oh man, I really hope they don't screw it up with the next one. Me too. Me too. If they build it up so good and then this next one doesn't fulfill everything just right oh man i don't know what i'm gonna do oh something
3: cool about this one too is it levels the playing field for everybody like even for comic fans nobody knows what they're going to do with the next film like nobody which is something else cool that this movie did
0: cool well i guess that uh is four Biets. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that wraps up our, our category of best movies of 2018, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's like our own mini awards. Good job, you three movies. Well done. <laughs> You've done it. They all had something
3: that made them better than everything else even if we didn't all agree on which ones were best they all have a characteristic or something that makes them better than all the other ones that came out last year so
2: so what do we want to do for next time believe there was some talk of zombies maybe brains brains Brains. we've all become zombies (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds good to me I've got something if you want to go for it what you got lay it on me I don't know how excited you're gonna be about it but i'm gonna pick the dawn of the dead remake oh okay that'll be a good discussion i haven't seen it in a long time but it's by our favorite director zach snyder oh christ uh. well okay you know what
1: you had me and then you lost me
3: hey now he, he's got some okay ones
2: Hey, Watchmen was good. Uh, I do like
0: Watchmen a lot. Do not like Zack Snyder.
2: Look, everyone I see online says that Zack Snyder's best movie is Dawn of the Dead. So I guess we'll find out for ourselves next time.
0: Everybody else has different opinions on Zack Snyder.
2: We can do an
3: episode on Zack Snyder. Uh, We're going to review the director. As long
0: as
2: I don't have to re-watch his movie.
3: We'll subject you to 300 again.
2: Oh, God. Speaking of subjecting people to movies, you can subject us to movies by giving us requests at at gmail.com if you wish. We'll, we'll probably do it. I mean, there's no guarantees, but we've done most requests so far, so. 100%. Thanks for
0: listening to us tonight, guys. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off.